Well, praise the Lord. Again, this is Pastor Jerry coming to you in your living room or wherever you're at. Praise God. I'm just always grateful that you're connecting with us and, uh, you know, hooking up with us. So we appreciate that. It's always a privilege and an honor to speak the Word of God to you. I'm going to just kind of jump into the Word today is what we're going to do. And, and uh, we're going to come out of Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6, a common text. We're going to talk about the armor of God today. Uh, we have been on my Sunday services, have been talking quite a bit about kingdom principles, just some really some basic kingdom principles that we as children of God need to have hooked up or connected with, you know, things that need to be working in our lives, things we need to understand and know. Maybe in some ways, uh, you know, I've said it before, it's kind of like Christianity 101 maybe, kind of, you know. But uh, what we're going to talk about today is trusting in the armor of God. And so with that said, we're going to go to Ephesians 6, and we're going to start with verse 10 and kind of walk our way through this thing. So verse 10, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might and put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, I just want to say this. That's really the, the big the big uh, push here is that putting on armament because you have, you have some warfare going on. You have an enemy, all right, and you've got an enemy that, that knows how to be an enemy, okay? He's pretty good at what he does, and uh, the biggest thing that you're going to find out is that, you know, he, it's more about a mental warfare that goes on, and, and the enemy's pretty good at it. And so the Lord is talking to you in this text about, uh, you know, connecting with him, amen, and being... Uh, you know, following through with some things that He leads you to do. And so with that said, look at verse 10 again. It says this, be strong in the Lord, okay? And that, now the word strong here means empowered or enabled, infused. Literally means to be increased in strength. Uh, one gentleman one time said it's, it's adding His super to your natural. Amen. I thought that was kind of neat. Amen. Adding His super to your natural. So to increase or strengthen you, be strong, it says, in the Lord, okay, in the Lord. Now, as you look that up, it literally means to comply or yield or submit to, okay? So it says, in the Lord, he's talking about submitting to His Lordship, okay? Uh, one key way of uh, looking at this is uh, uh, James 4 brings out real good. He says, you know, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. Well, before you resist your enemy, he says, you submit yourself to God. In other words, be willing, amen, to follow God here, okay? So that's what he's talking about here. Be strong in the Lord. In other words, in His Lordship, connect to His Lordship, submit to His Lordship, yield to His Lordship, and it says, in what? In the power, amen, let's say, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, okay? So again, there's that in the Lord and in the power, okay, so again, it's the same, same meaning as far as submission, yielding, or surrender to something here, all right, to comply with, but he's talking about his power, okay, the word power is dunamis, okay, which means, uh, you know, force or miracle working power, and then it says in the power of his, his might, okay, now that word might means ability to accomplish anything. Okay, so be strong in the Lord, in other words, in His Lordship and in His power, amen, 
amen, to accomplish anything or his might or ability to accomplish anything. So be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, okay? Now, uh, the best way I can just say this, this is kind of how it came to me. First, you know, he's bringing out in this verse, first, we're going to have to trust the Lord in, in his leading, okay, as he leads you. And secondly, you're going to have to trust, amen, in how he does it. Okay, now this is key because, you know, we get to talking about the armament, and a lot of times, you know, we, we kind of maybe, uh, you know, we kind of, you know, look at it, we kind of take some time, we look at all the little pieces of the armament, and we, we kind of think about some things in the natural, and, and naturally so, you can, you can glean and learn things and all that, but what ends up happening is uh, sometimes and we forget that it's not really, you know, putting on physical armament, okay, he's talking about, you know, he, he's, he's wanting you to grab it up here, okay, understand that you're putting on something, all right, because of the warfare you're about to enter into or have already entered into, okay? In other words, you've got an enemy, all right? So armament, okay? You know, what, what is it about? So he's saying, listen, you're going to have to let me lead you here, all right? And then you're going to have to trust in how I do it. So the next thing he says is put on the whole armor of God. See, he says the whole armor of God. So you've got to put something on. And again, we know it's not physical, okay? So... You know, he's talking about, you know, take a look, get, get, the, get a hold of this, because each piece of this it represents something, okay? So be, you know, trust in his leading and trust in how he does it, okay? Because you got an enemy, and that enemy is pretty good at what he does, all right? So you're going to have to trust that God knows what he's talking about. Now, you know, I, you know, I know who I'm talking to. And there ain't anybody out there right now that's watching and listening and say, well, duh, Pastor, we get that. But uh, it's amazing how sometimes we get to thinking about the armament and we kind of just kind of forget that it's there for purpose. It's there because we have an enemy, all right? So anytime you don't put on the, the whole armor of God, it, it, it spells vulnerability. Anytime there's a kink in the armor, that spells vulnerability, okay? You, you're, you're an open target for the enemy. So we have to kind of understand what's he talking about then, all right? Because we know he doesn't mean, you know, let's go, you know, down, you know, some store somewhere and find a bunch of armament and then, you know, every day you get up, you put all this physical stuff over your body and then head out into, you know, head to your job or whatever. We know it ain't. I'm now kind of messing with you a little bit there, but, but we know it's not a physical thing, all right? So, you know, if it's not a physical thing, but yet at the same time he says you have to put this on. All right, now I'm just kind of challenging your thinking here a little bit. All right, so let's look at this. So put on the whole armor of God, all right, that you may be able, that you may be able to stand, okay, to, it literally means a covenant stance. In other words, you can take your stand against, it says, the wiles of the devil. Now, again, I'm in verse 11 there, the wiles of the devil. So what does that mean, the wiles of the devil? Well, the word wiles is methodia, okay, where we get our word method, okay? But it means uh, with a road, um, when you just look it up, with a road, it talks about uh, schemings, trickery, but it's talking about a roadway that's traveled over again and again and again, okay? So constantly 
something that the enemy hits you with. And usually what, it, what you find out when you kind of get over or kind of look at the lives of individuals, the enemy has a tendency to get to know you, okay? So he knows your weaknesses. He knows your vulnerabilities. And every individual might have different weaknesses, different kinks in the armor, so to speak, different areas that are, they're more vulnerable to, okay? So just keep that in mind. See, that's how the enemy operates. You know, he's a, in a lot of ways, the enemy is a student, okay? And he's a student of your life, okay? From early on as you grow, okay, uh, he has a tendency to kind of, you know, see what makes you tick, what, what sets you off, what pushes your buttons, what, 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 what sinks your boat, all that kind of stuff, okay? Now, I'm not trying to, uh, I'm not trying to glorify the enemy in any way. Please don't, don't hear it that way. I'm just trying to show you that you have an enemy. And if you don't put on the armament, you're in trouble. All right? It doesn't matter who you are. You can't over, you know, willpower the enemy. It ain't going to happen, okay, because he's good at what he does. All right? So you have to be led by God and be okay with how he leads you to do it, okay? That's why he says you got to be strong in the Lord. It can't be strong in your own ability or your own power. It can't be strong in, uh, in your own, uh, you know, in, in any other outside natural uh, source or, uh, you know, somebody else's ability even for that matter. We're talking about the Lord's strength, you know, in His might in His power, in His uh, Lordship, okay? Now, just hang on to that, okay? I know I'm stressing that, but I'm doing it on purpose, all right? Okay, so be strong in the Lord, and in the powers might put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, okay? So the scheming, trickery, uh, the methods that he uses, okay? Now, I put uh, in, in my notes 2 Corinthians in uh, chapter uh, 2, please. In verse 11, it's just a, a verse, um, and I just kind of want to bring something out to you here. Um, it says this, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Now, the reason I'm bringing it out is because it says here the wiles of the enemy, okay? Uh, the way he works, the way, the trickery. Now, the enemy is always looking for the advantage. He's always looking for the advantage. Uh, uh, Luke, and uh, I believe it's like chapter 4, uh, brings out that he's always he's looking for the opportunity. It even said that with Jesus after when, uh, when he, he left Jesus after trying to tempt him in the wilderness. The Word said he left for a more opportune time, okay? Because he's, he's always looking for the opportunity. He's always looking for the advantage, the opportunity, okay? The Scripture also says in, in Ephesians 4, it says this, that neither give place to the devil, okay, which, you know, just means a foothold, okay. Now, I say all that because that's what the enemy's always looking for. He's looking for an advantage. That's part of his scheming, his trickery, looking for the advantage, looking for an opportunity, looking for a foothold, okay. Are you with me? All right, now, be strong, or pardon me, let's put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, all right. So, um, 
the word we read out of 2 Corinthians is the word devices. Uh, lest, it says, uh, let me read it again. For we are not ignorant of his devices. Now, I better define that. Okay, I'm kind of getting ahead here, so I better slow down and, and, and define these things. Uh, the word device, okay, really just means a thoughts, thought patterns, perceptions, um, but it refers to the intellect or the mind. And what he's talking about is mind games, okay, because that's really how the enemy works. You know, a lot of times, you know, through, uh, you know, Hollywood and different things like that, the enemy somehow gets, you know, glorified in a sense that he can, you know, do all kinds of, you know, great feats and, and control the lives of individuals. And, and you have to understand that it's really not through a bunch of, you know, great feats and stuff. Not, not, not that there isn't demonic activities, but really how he operates in the lives of individuals is through their mind. It's mental warfare. And if you really kind of look at the armament, which is what we're going to do, you're going to find out that armament's there to help defeat the enemy concerning the mental warfare that you deal with, all right? And so that's why he says, you know, you know, he's looking for an advantage, and the only way he can get an advantage of is through a, a mind game, mental warfare. He's watching, seeing, you know, whatever you know, like I said earlier, trips your trigger, whatever sinks your boat. Well, then that's what he's going after, all right? And again, we're not saying that to somehow give the enemy some kind of place here. We're just saying, listen, you got to understand how he works. So, because if you don't know that, then if, see, if you're ignorant to how he works, then he's already got the advantage. If you're ignorant to how he works, he's already got a foothold. If you're ignorant to how he works, he's already found an opportunity. So when the Lord says, listen, I'm trying to lead you, and this is how, this is how you're going to make it. You're going to make it by putting on the whole armor of God. You don't put the whole armor of God, you're an easy target. If you, you only put on a piece of it, you're vulnerable. If you got kinks in the armor, you're vulnerable. So he's trying to tell you, you got to put the armor on. See, if you submit to God, Resist the devil, he'll flee. But it starts with submission unto God. Let God lead you. And in this case, he's talking about put on the whole armor of God. All right? So, the enemy. Let's, let's, let's go back to verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principality and power, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness and heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, you stand therefore. Praise God. Amen. So what's he talking about here? Verse 12, your fight's not with flesh and blood. Amen. But there is an enemy out there. All right. And of course, all he's really doing is he's defining different realms of darkness. Okay. We've taken the time before and kind of defined all that and where, you know, how they sit and what's, what's you know, the, their place of authority and how they operate, and we've done that. But we ain't got time for that today, but it's just trying to show you that there's just different demonic influences, okay? And the enemy tries at different levels to influence mankind, all right? And it goes down to verse 13. He, he just repeats himself again. In other words, no matter how much demonic activity is going on, no matter what's warring against you, what you got fighting against you, you just have to understand, this is how you beat it. Put on the whole armor of God. 
all right? And this verse, he says, that you might be able to withstand in the evil day. And the word evil day just literally means um, uh, just a bad, a day of pressure, uh, evil influence, negativity, all kinds of stuff that's going on. And we've all had those days, all right? We've all experienced those kind of days. And he says that the only way you're going to beat this stuff is you're going to have to have the whole armor of God on. You don't put the whole armor on, you're probably going to be vulnerable. You're probably going to be an easy target for the enemy, all right? And again, we're not sitting there trying to glorify the enemy or give him any more power than he has. We're just trying to tell you, listen, there's a way to beat him. And God's trying to lead us in how to do that. And if we don't follow that leading, if we don't submit ourselves to his lordship and to his ability, then what happens is we end up in trouble, all right? And here we go again. And that same thing that always hung us up in years past is hanging us up again. That, that them thoughts that always uh, buried us uh, yesterday are burying us today, okay? You got to know how to do it. You got to know how to beat it. You got to know, amen, how to win, how to conquer, how to overcome, amen. Now, remember, we're dealing with uh, mental warfare. That's what he's talking about, all right? And so we're going to look at the armament in the light of that, okay? So let's go to verse 14, and it just says this. Okay, stand therefore, having gird your waist with truth. Having gird your waist with truth, okay? Uh, most times referred to as the belt of truth, all right? Uh, a lot of times, you know, people might say, well, talking about you got to have the truth of God's Word, and, and uh, well, you got to have the truth of God's Word, but it's not talking about the truth of God's Word. It's dealing with something else, okay? So what does that mean? We're talking about armament for you to have, okay? Armament for you to have, to deal with demonic influence and in the sense of mental warfare, okay? So what is then the belt of truth, okay? So it's defined as uh, to be true or integrity of character, okay? It's talking about being genuine, being sincere, being real, nothing hidden, okay? All right? That's what he's dealing with. Now, you think, well... Gee, Pastor, what, I mean, what's that have to do with anything? Well, if you're not going to get real, um, you're already playing the same game the enemy's playing. He's a deceiver, and what happens is, you know, you, you're giving him home court advantage. If you can't even get real with yourself, okay? And so let's, let's look at that. So to be true, integrity of character, genuine, sincere, real, nothing hidden. So what are we overcoming then? Well, the temptation of facade, falsehood, hypocrisy fits in this thing, okay? It means uh, uh, we're going uh, to overcome uh, the, the temptation to portray what is not or to avoid the real, okay? Now, you think, well, what's that have to do with all this? Well, think about this. If you can't even get real with yourself about where you're at, you're already uh, giving the enemy advantage, all right? If you can't even get real before God or even real before others, okay, in, in some cases, okay, I ain't asking everybody to go out and, and, you know, air out all your dirty laundry to everybody. Please don't do that, okay, unless God has led you to do something, you know, with another individual. But otherwise, I ain't asking that. All I'm saying is it's getting real, and it starts in here. It starts you getting real with yourself. Now, why does that fit this? Well, you know, a lot of times we, we can't move forward in God because we just don't get real enough about where we're at. Um, part of the, uh, the temptation that's out there is um, the, uh, 
the temptation of comparing ourselves with others. Now think about this in the area of mental warfare. Okay, here you are trying to grow in God, move forward in God, and, and maybe you might be struggling with something or maybe something area of your life is not where it needs to be yet. And, and so sometimes we have a tendency to beat ourselves up a little bit because we're not where we think we should be. And we're looking around, we're seeing, well, this guy here, he's doing great, and he's doing great, and she's doing great, and here I am still, you know, having struggles on the inside. And so we, what we have a tendency to do then, because we're comparing ourselves one with another, which, by the way, Second um, Corinthians tells us, it, you know, in chapter 10, it warns us about that because it says it's not wise to do that, okay? Now, what happens is we have a tendency to compare ourselves so then we don't get real about it because we don't want anybody else to look at us and think that, you know, we're not where we need to be or we don't want anybody to, you know, look, look at us as less than or something, you know, whatever. And remember, it's, it's mental warfare. You probably ain't got nobody thinking that way. It's just you uh, letting the enemy beat you up on this thing, all right? So it's, it pays for you to just get real about some things, okay? And again, I ain't asking you to go out and make all your confessions to everybody else about what you got wrong in your life. I ain't wanna, you know, but you got to at least start here and say, you know what? I need to work on this thing in my life. A lot of times people, because of where they're at in their walk, they're trying to move forward and they're not seeing anything manifest like it should. They might be spinning their wheels in certain areas of their walk. And what happens is they don't get real with themselves about it. You don't stop long enough and say, you know what, I'm, I'm spinning my wheels because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still, you know, in, you know, dealing with unbelief about something or, or, you know, I've got this thing here that's, you know, constantly pulls me under. And, and, and so you just keep moving forward trying to do the same thing, uh, you know, and thinking you're going to get different results and you never get different results. And so what you got to do sometimes is get real with yourself. You know, I always like to say, you know, use it this way. Sometimes I like to stop and police myself, okay, in the area of, you know, taking heed to some things because, you know, it could be, you know, I, I, I'm sitting here, you know, knowing that I need to guard my words and I'm not guarding my words, okay? So then all of a sudden, you know, you get real with yourself and you realize, you know, I've opened the door to the enemy because I, I'm not guarding my words right now, okay? And it, you just got to get real with yourself about that. I'm not saying you condemn yourself. I'm just saying you just got to get real about it and realize, you know what, I need to make an adjustment. But if you don't ever get real with yourself about it, well, then, you know, you go on doing the same old thing, wondering why nothing ever changes. Now, remember, it's put on the armor because you got an enemy, okay? And you got to do it the way he said to do it. And he said, put on the whole armor. Well, part of that is the belt of truth. And I personally... I think there's a reason he started with the bell of truth. Because to me, that's where it all starts. Because you can go through all the rest of the pieces of armament, and if you're not going to get real about anything in your life, to be honest, you, you, you know, the rest of it ain't really going to work much, okay? And so uh, it's just, it starts with you first getting real, okay? Getting real yourself, with your God, and, and even at times with others around you, okay, depending on what we're dealing with, all right? So that's the first one. Uh, the same verse, okay? Let's read it again here, verse 14 again, right? Stand therefore having gird your waist with truth, and it goes on to say, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, okay? So what does that mean, the breastplate of righteousness? Well, the word righteousness, okay, is defined as rightness, or uh, literally means to be rendered right, or right standing, okay, or even the word justified, because the word justified 
and righteousness are the same Greek word. It just kind of depends on how it's used in a sentence. Because uh, sometimes in scriptures it's used as the word justified, and other times it uses righteousness, okay? Uh, the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 5 that you've been made the righteousness of God. It says that he who knew no sin was made to be sin, that you might be made the righteousness of God, okay? 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, verse 21, all right? So uh, you've already been made the righteousness of God based on what Christ has done. Okay, so you've already been rendered right or made right before God. Okay, so why does this, you know, this thing about putting on the breastplate of righteousness? Now, remember again, okay, I'm probably going to stress this every piece, I guess, but, and I, and I, I believe me, I'm not trying to, uh, I'm, just, I'm just trying to make the point, okay? You know, we're not talking about some physical piece of armament. We're talking about something here because you've got a mental warfare going on. And he says there's a way you can beat it. You know, if you kind of look across the board at, at, at the human race, okay, the enemy just finds a foothold in, in, in people's lives, okay? And, and I'm not even just talking about the world. I mean, obviously the world, but even in Christians, okay? And it's just a mental warfare. And here you are, you're a child of God, you love God, you uh, you know, you, you're wanting to do good things in God. You're one day going to make heaven your home. We're not taking away any of that. But you can have all that going for you and still have the enemy, uh, you know, have his thumb down on you uh, because of through mental warfare. And one of those things is this area here where condemnation, guilt, inferiority, shame, uh, these are all areas that the enemy uh, tries to, to keep somebody captive to, okay? So, you know, you're, you know, you may have been saved for 10 years, but, you know, 20 years ago you did something and you're, you're still condemning yourself because you did that or you're still condemning yourself for something you did yesteryear or even yesterday when, quite frankly, you should put it under the blood and move forward. So the Lord is telling you got to put on the whole armor and one of those pieces of armor is the fact that you know, you're the righteousness of God, and you have got to arm yourself, okay? You've got to put that piece of armament on, all right? Because the enemy, no matter what, see, if you think that you're going to do all of this and not make a mistake, you, you've already become deceived, all right? We're all moving forward in God, and, and we all got life things going on and choices we got to make every day, and and uh, we're hoping that everybody's being led by God from day to day. But you know as well as I do, there are times when something happens, this goes on, and, and you have that moment where you didn't quite, you know, seek God about. You just kind of made a decision and you moved forward and you found out, you know, a day later, whoops, or found out, maybe in some cases, found out a few minutes later, whoops, you know. And the point is, if you don't know the fact that you're the righteousness of God and keep that, you know, keep, stay mentally aware of that, you can, you can literally allow condemnation and shame and guilt to pull you under. And even though you're a child of God, you're being dictated to by the enemy just through a mental head game, mental warfare or a head game that he's playing with you. All because you made a mistake. Okay? So, you know, to me, I think this is kind of a cool piece of armament right after the bell of the truth because, you know, it starts off being real. 
Well, sometimes, you know, that's why people don't want to get real, because if we get real, that means, man, I'm going to be, I'm, you know, I got all these problems I got, all these issues, all these things I'm working on still. I haven't arrived here. I thought maybe I had this area of my life down, and now I find out I'm not. I'm still struggling with this and dealing with that and having, a, you know, I'm letting my emotions get the best of me over here, and I'm, I'm finding my mouth get the best of me over here, and pretty soon, you know, but see the next piece then put up, you know, the, you know, the shield, or pardon me, the uh, um, breastplate of righteousness. you got to have that up because what it is then, the next thing is now that deals with any kind of thoughts of guilt, condemnation, shame, all that kind of stuff, okay? So you got to remember who you are in that sense, okay? You're already made the righteousness of God. Jesus already paid a price for all that. Now, He's not condoning sin. He's giving you a way out of that. He's, he's not, you know, justifying sin, okay? He's, he's just trying to get you free so the enemy can't hold you with that any longer. That's the cool thing about what Jesus did. That's the cool thing about the blood of the Lamb. That's what it was about, okay? It's so that the enemy won't have hold on you anymore, all right? Even if you do make a mistake. And again, we're not encouraging mistakes, but we are encouraging you that no matter what you do, you always look up. Amen. Be strong in the Lord, in the power of His might, right? Come on. In other words, put on the armor. If He said, this is what you do, then put on the armor. Well, you know, I feel bad about what I did. Well, you know, then repent. That's what that's for. You just stop and say, Lord, I blew it again. Ah, but, but thank you, Lord. I'm the righteousness of God. Devil, shut up and get behind me. I mean, you move forward. Amen. This is what it's about. Amen. But you've got to put on the whole armor. You can't sit. You know, see, some people think it's, so, it's best to Keep feeling, to keep feeling condemnation or shame for your mistake. Some people like, like wear it like a badge or something. Listen, listen, you, that's just, that's what that is, see, is it's, you're giving the enemy advantage. You're giving him a foothold, all right? You're giving him opportunity, okay? You just repent and you move on. If there's somebody you need to apologize to, then apologize to them, but just Move forward in God, and the only way that's going to happen is you're going to have to put on the whole armor, all right? All right, so that's, that's part of it there, all right? How about uh, verse 15? Let's go to, back to chapter 6 of Ephesians, verse 15 this time, okay? So we've talked about the uh, belt of truth. We've talked about the breastplate of righteousness. Now it says something in verse 15. Uh, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Okay, so what does that mean? Okay, well, the word uh, feet shod, if you kind of look it up, it, it talks about a moving forward, to go or to uh, forward motion, forward movement. Uh, refers to taking ground, and also it fits in there standing your ground. Okay, so when you're talking about your feet being shod, you're, you're, you're doing the right thing with your feet. You're either standing your ground or you're taking taking steps forward. You're moving forward, okay? Then it says, okay, so uh, moving forward, it says with what, okay? Well, it says with uh, the preparation or preparedness, okay, made ready of what? Well, the gospel of peace, the gospel of peace, okay? Gospel meaning good news, so obviously it's good news, so you're prepared and ready with the good news of peace or a message of peace. What's the word peace? Well, the Greek word Peace is Irene, okay, which is the same word as the Hebrew word shalom okay, uh, in, in the Old Covenant. But it means wholeness or completeness. Okay? It also means to set at one or to, uh, it means the rule of order in the place of chaos. In other words, that wherever chaos may be, peace comes on the scene and brings order. 
Now you say, well, what does that have to do with all this? Well, it's talking about, again, about you, okay, having your feet shod, in other words, having forward motion, taking your place with a message of wholeness. So what he's talking about, see, is that you, as a child of God, have been called to move forward and make a difference everywhere you go. So you say, well, okay, well, then how does this fit in here? Well, you know, if your feet ain't shod, amen, if you're, not, if you're not putting on the whole armor here, remember, this is part of your armament. If you're not putting that on, what happens is where the enemy hits you in thoughts is I can't do this, or what can I do, or how can I make a difference, or who's going to hear me or listen to me, or, or who could I help, or, you know, uh, my, my, my life isn't anywhere in a place to help anybody. These are all kind of thoughts that hit. And I tell you what, uh, you know, in 30, nearly 35 years of ministry, I have seen that time and time again where people will not move forward, all right, because they're too busy uh, buying into the lie the enemy's fed them that they, they don't have what it takes to make a difference in somebody else's life. And for whatever it's worth, I don't care who you are. There's always somebody else out there that's probably doing worse than you are. Okay, now I'm, I'm not saying to go around and judge everybody and look, you know, I'm just saying that, you know, you got to understand there's always somebody out there that you can make a difference in. And you think, well, why is this so important? Because you need victories. You need successes. And you find a Christian that's moving forward trying to help another, and you'll find a successful Christian. Because there's something about it. When you, when you set your life aside to be a blessing to somebody else or to help another, it's like, it's like you, you're just moving forward, even though you might still have things that ain't totally in, in order yet or totally right yet, okay? And you'll find that a lot of that stuff falls off. A lot of that stuff gets fixed as you move forward. A lot of that stuff, you know, you get empowered. You know, you get a few successes, okay, I always like to say you get the notches on the belt, so to speak, okay? Uh, every time you get a victory, you know, it's like the old gunman in the Old West. You know, they, they, uh, they, they gun somebody down, they get the little notch, they put the little notch on their belt, you know? And so they roll into town, and everybody's, oh, there's that gunman. And they, all he has to do is just kind of pull back his jacket there a little bit, and they see all the notches in his belt. They, ooh, that guy, he must be a he must be a good shot. You know, he must, he must be a good gunslinger or whatever, okay? Now, of course, that's maybe not the best example, but the bottom line is, see, God's trying to, he wants you to have some successes, to get some notches on the belt. And the more you move forward to help others, you'd be amazed at how it begins to affect your life. So you can't buy the lie that you can't help another, you can't make a difference, or you don't have what it takes. That's just, again, that's just mental warfare, that the enemy's playing with, trying to get a foothold, see, trying to uh, take advantage of you, all right? So put on the whole armor of God, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod and ready to go, praise God. You just keep moving forward, amen, doing what you can do to help another, you're doing what you've been designed to do, praise God, and called by God as a go-ye believer, praise God, moving forward in God, amen, making a difference everywhere you go, praise the Lord. So it's just another piece. But remember now, it's about the mental warfare, 
All right, what's the next one here? Let's go to verse, um, verse 16. Okay, and it says, Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Okay, now the fiery darts is referring to, it literally means uh, missiles that have been hurled, okay? But it's talking about thoughts, okay? And so when you stop and think about this, taking the shield of faith with which you will, you will be able. So in other words, you've got to engage your faith here. Take the shield of faith. Now what's faith again? You know, we don't have very many sermons. It seems like we don't at least talk about something about faith, at least in this house. Um, faith, again, pistis, okay? Uh, reliance, dependence, um, assurance. Uh, confidence, um, and that's really what he's talking about. Put your confidence in God here. So here comes these fiery missiles. Here comes these arrows. Okay, however you know, however your trans, you know, your translation words it. Okay, all it is is it's something being hurled. It's like a missile that's been hurled at you from the enemy. Okay, and again, how does he operate? Right here, devices. Right, he's coming. He's coming to play head games. So here comes this. So what do you do? Well, you're going to have to lift that shield of faith. Well, what does that mean to lift the shield of faith then? Well, okay, you're going to have to use your faith to combat whatever it is that's coming at you. Well, what kind of, a, what kind of thoughts might be coming at you here? What's he dealing with here? Well, when you start to look at faith, what opposes faith? Really, fear is a big one. Okay, fear is huge. So fear-based thoughts. Um, so you're going to have to stand your ground with confidence in God. You know, God has not given you a spirit of fear, right? Uh, you know, Second uh, uh, Timothy 1 tells us, amen, that He's not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind, right? Amen? Praise God. So you got, you know, you got fear-based thoughts coming at you. What else kind of poses faith? Well, unbelief, Okay. Uh, you know, when you, you look at uh, faith, you know, pistis, which means to believe in, well, unbelief, which is the op opposing. And really what it is, when you kind of break, you know, belief and unbelief, belief is about being plugged in and unbelief is about being unplugged. So sometimes there's things that just war against your faith to try to get you to unplug for whatever it is you're believing for, whatever it is you're pressing for, the enemy comes at thoughts. You're trying to believe God for an area in your life. And so what he does is he tries certain thoughts that war against that area that you're believing for. Remember, he's coming, amen, to steal the word. So whatever it is that you, you know, faith comes by hearing, hearing by that word. So you, you've heard something and you're now believing, amen, for something. So the enemy's going to hurl things at you to try to knock you off your faith. So you got to keep, you know, putting your confidence. You just brush yourself off and say, no, the Word of God says this. And, man, I'm standing my ground. I'm trusting God. What are you doing? Well, you're, you're engaging your faith. You're staying locked on. You're staying confident in God. Amen. What's another area that wars against your faith? I'm just going based on what the Scriptures have to say. Another thing is, is unbelief, okay? Uh, this, okay, is, is, it comes out of it meaning two, twice, or again. It just means basically a second thought. All unbelief is, is part of that mental warfare that the enemy plays against you, okay? 
And, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, you doubted in your heart. You, 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 you had a second thought. You were believing, to, heading towards something. And so here comes another thought. Bang, a missile hits you, right? And what it is now you're taking on another thought that now is trying to knock you or keep you knocked off whatever you're believing for. Okay, and I'm just kind of coming at you in the, in, the, in the area of thoughts, okay? That's why I'm trying to, trying to do this. I'm doing this on purpose, okay? I know there's a lot of other areas we can deal with in the area of faith and believing and, and unbelief and doubt and all that. We, we could talk all, all day long about stuff like that, but we're just talking about areas of, of thoughts that are coming at you. That's why he says, be strong in the Lord, in the power of His might. In other words, yield to what He says here. Follow him when he says, put on the whole army, you then trust it. Put confidence in that. Amen. So here comes that thought. What do you do? You lift that, that shield up and say, no, wait a minute. God said this. I'm standing on, on the word of God. I'm believing God regardless of what's happening, regardless of what it looks like, regardless of what's being said, regardless of what, you know, who's with me or who ain't with me. I'm, I'm trusting God. I'm putting my confidence in God. I'm relying on God. So what are you doing? You're lifting your shield of faith. So here comes those, those arrows. Here comes that, that, uh, that missile that's been launched at you. You know, you just lift that, amen, lift up your faith, praise God, and you quench it. It says literally extinguish it. Praise God. That's how you do it. But remember, it's mental warfare. And you can't break any of this down without, out, out, without looking at it in the area of what it is. It's mental warfare. So every piece of armament that he's told you about is dealing with the mental side of things. So your faith engaged has got to be, you're going to have to combat the, those thoughts that are coming at you with other thoughts. All right? Now, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself because we're getting, getting to another piece here in just a second. All right, so uh, where are we at? Just make sure I get that whole verse done here. Take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, praise God. Um, in fact, I'll say it this way, and then we'll kind of move into the next one. Uh, the word says, take every thought captive, right? And that's kind of what I'm dealing with here. So here comes a thought at you. Well, it, it's, not a, it's not a right thought. It's the enemy. It's, he's trying to knock you off your face. So what do you do? You take that thought captive, you cast it down, amen, and you replace it with a different thought, all right? A thought from above, all right? So let's look at the next one now, okay? Take the helmet of salvation. This is verse 17 now, all right? Got to make sure I got them all here, right? Verse 17, so the helmet of salvation. So what does that mean, okay? Now, let's remember, don't lose sight of what we're dealing with here, okay? The helmet of salvation. <clears throat> you know, sometimes I've heard people say, well, it's talking about don't forget that you're saved. And, you know, well, I guess you shouldn't forget that, uh, you know, but that's not totally what he's dealing with here, okay? Because the word helmet itself means encirclement, okay? So you start thinking about a helmet. It means encirclement or taking the hold of the head or seizing the head. You think, well, okay. Well, no, it literally means taking hold of it or seizing the head, okay? So we're not really just talking about, you know, just a helmet going on. Okay, now listen, okay? It's about dictating where the head is aimed. You've got to determine what your mind is set on. That's what he's dealing with here. The, amen, helmet of salvation, the, 
encirclement, the seizing of the head of salvation. This word salvation is different than, than some of the other words in, in the New Covenant. A lot of the words in the New Covenant is soteria or sozo. Okay? It, these are words that mean you know, like full, full deliverance, okay? health, wholeness, uh, preservation, all that kind of stuff. Okay? This one is soterion. Okay, not soteria, but soterion, which means defense, okay, or defending, or defender, to preserve, okay. So we're talking about, you know, you got to guard where you literally, like, I'm taking hold of my head and setting it where it needs to be set, okay. So that's what he's talking about. Remember, all of this is dealing with the mental warfare, here comes this, here comes that, here comes this. You're lifting up your shield, quenching those fiery darts. You're purposely guarding where your thoughts, where your mind goes. you got to say, you know what, I refuse to meditate on this over here. I purpose to meditate on this. Amen. That you got to set your mind. Set your mind. Colossians 3 and 2 tells us that. Set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth. Why? Because when you set your mind on the things of this earth, you just gave the enemy an advantage. Somebody says, well, you tell me I can't think about, I mean, this stuff's all over the, well, listen, we're not denying the existence of all these things. We're just saying that if you don't watch it, if you just set your mind on that, I mean, there's some things that are out there being said, and if you let yourself, pretty soon you're caught up in that, and that's all you can think about. And all you've, all, you don't even realize all you've done now is give the enemy place. Now he just gets you all riled up, gets you worked up, gets you fearful, gets you this, gets you that. And he just, he just basically steers you where he wants to. And here you are, a child of God. you got the greater one on the inside. I mean, you're literally an overcomer and a conqueror, but you've now been made to submit to just some mental warfare that the enemy's playing with you. That's why it's so important. Put on the helmet of defense. In other words, learn to set your mind right. You got to do that. All right? You got to set your mind on higher things. You know, think about, you know, I always, you know, maybe this is just me, I, but I get, you know, I always look around and I, I hear people say something, where, you know, where's, you know, you know, it's kind of like they did in the old time. Where's the God, you know, of Elijah? Where's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Where's the God of Moses that did? Listen, that God's still moving. He's still, you know, where's, you know, why, you know, why aren't there miracles and signs and wonders like there was in Jesus' day? And I'll tell you, a big part of it's right here. We get so caught up with everything else going around, we don't give God place. Instead, we give the enemy place. We give him a foothold. You know, if you'd set your mind on things above, you might be amazed at how many how many times God will use you to do great things because your mind's set right, all right? If, if your mind is all caught up with everything else, then what, the enemy just always has a, has a heyday with you. And the whole time God wanted to do something there, wanted to, wanted to work through you, flow through you, do something supernatural in your life or, or, or through you for the life of another. But because we got so caught up uh, mentally, uh, uh, with all the other stuff going on, we don't set our head right. You know, and I always say this, and I know maybe you get so tired of hearing this, but, you know, if you don't keep your head right, your heart right, and your mouth right, it, things ain't going to be right. 
It just, it just ain't. I can go verse after verse. I can spend service after service talking about that. It just ain't going to happen. Okay, I know that's not proper English, but it, it just ain't going to happen. Okay, so you got to get your head right, your heart right, and your mouth right. But I'm telling you, for the most part, it starts with the head. You know, if your head gets off, it ain't long your heart's off. It ain't long your mouth's off. Okay, and that's kind of the kind of how it works. You set your mind the wrong place, pretty soon it's like it sinks down into the heart, and that just means the the seat of control. And so it, you know, you get you think the wrong thing long enough, pretty soon you think it's right. And so it's what it's what fills the heart, which then out of the abundance of the heart, there the mouth speaks, actions take place, and that's why even out of Romans eight, it brings out so clearly about the fact that well, you know where you set your mind determines how you live. And that's how this thing works. So when Paul is talking here in Ephesians, he's saying, listen, this is why you submit yourself to God. This is why you're strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, okay? His ability, all right? His lordship, His leadings, all right? And He's leading. The next verse, then He says, put on the whole armor of God. Well, then you don't dilly-dally with it. You get it put on. Well, I, I don't know if I want to put that piece on. Well, you better, because that's an area the enemy's going to come in and, and, and whoop on you, all right? And to think that you're beyond that is, is a deception. There ain't a person, there ain't a, let's put it this way, there ain't a child of God that, is, that, that wouldn't be vulnerable if they didn't do these things, okay? They're all vulnerable. They, and listen, you, we're not taking away your salvation. We know one day you're going to make heaven your home. But I'll tell you what, you might as well have the life that you're called to, the abundant life that you're called to. Amen. And it's going to start with getting your head right, all right, and putting on the armament of God, amen, so the enemy can't get to you through the devices, through the wiles of the devil, amen, those deceptions, those opportunities given place to him. I mean, if, if you, he, he can't do any of that, then guess what? Then he, he's got a hard time controlling anything in your life. And now here you go. You're moving forward like you're supposed to, conquering, overcoming, amen, being the child of God that you're called to, amen. So that's all the armament. Then, of course, then it's, it talks about in that same verse 17, talks about, you know, take the sword of the Spirit, which is then the Word of God, okay, which is this word, rhema, okay. And we talked about that last week. We spent a lot more time with it. So I'll just briefly say this. Okay, and that, you know, he's talking about you then making declaration, amen, with the Word of God, amen. Of course, we kind of touched on that a little bit when we were talking about faith because that's what it talks about in First, uh, First Timothy in chapter 6. It talks about, you know, fighting the good fight of faith. Well, how do you do that? Well, it says through uh, confessing a confession, a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. And that's, again, just refers to using the mouth with the Word of God. It means covenant acknowledgement, or it means literally, it's homos logia, which means same word. I know I stress that one a lot, but to me, good night. You'd be amazed at how many things you can change in your life if you just get your mouth working for you. It is amazing how many things in the unseen realm would be pushed back, and how many things uh, of God that you allow to manifest if you just get your words right. So that's why he says you take the sword of the Spirit and you use it, okay? 
You know, Jesus is referred to as, as one, you know, multiple references, a couple of them in Re- Revelation itself, where you're seeing Jesus with the, a sword going in and out of his mouth. He's talking about the word, okay? He's speaking the word, making declaration, making confession, amen. And as he did that, praise God, things, uh, you know, began to uh, submit. Things bowed the knee. Other things got out of the way. Why? Because, amen, he's making declaration. You see, even when he was uh, walking his earthly ministry, he would make confessions. Amen. The, he'd say the right thing. He'd, he'd declare the word of God, and especially dealing with the enemy. It is written. It is written. It is written. And he'd beat the enemy, amen, through the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. You got to get your mouth right. Amen. So anyway, today I just, I just wanted to come at you, uh, you know, with the armor of God, talking about the armor of God, and, but coming at it with, with the idea of understanding that it's dealing with, you know, dealing with the mental warfare that the enemy brings against you. All right? You can't overlook that. And that's, you know, because that's usually where most people uh, get tripped up is just the mental warfare. And so we come at it from different angles. I know there's a lot more we could say about it and uh, probably a lot more we can even bring out about the armor. Uh, but I just kind of wanted to come at it. And it, well, you got to trust that armor, amen, uh, in the area of the mental warfare that the enemy's trying to play with you or play on you, amen. Uh, but believe in that armor. Believe in what God said. Believe in, the, in the God's ability and trust in that armor that he's given you. Remember, it's the armor of God. And it says, put on the whole armor of God. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, I give you praise and glory once again. Thankful for the word of God. Thankful for these principles. Thankful, Lord God, for the armor. Praise God, every piece of it. We're so thankful, Lord God, that uh, we have a way uh, to overcome any kind of mental warfare that comes at us. Praise God. And I thank you, uh, Lord, that just giving us a way to defeat the enemy and all those things that he tries to uh, manipulate and scheme and and he plot, uh, plotting and and trickery and all the stuff, the deception he tries to put on people. I think we have uh, have a way to overcome all of it, praise God, and that's with the armor of God. So, Father, we're thankful. We appreciate all this today. Forgive us for the times that we might have yielded all that mess, but we know that you're faithful and just to forgive us. We receive that. We thank you for that. And we choose to put on the whole armor of God. And for that, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you got blessed. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you, praising God.